We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Travelers Championship Research. First look, the complete preview. You'll be checking out the entire string of shows throughout the week. Jeff and I will be back with our full bets for the Travelers, plus the U.S. Open recap on Monday, DraftKings on Wednesday, final picks on Wednesday. You know how it goes. Subscribe to the newsletter in the description completely free. That way you won't miss anything. Hot links to everything else. Also, things you can find down in the description. The Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League link for the week back down to 300 players this week, so expect it to fill incredibly quickly. Remember to smash the like button for the episode. In the comment section, you tell me your early lean for the Travelers Championship, a tournament that we've had some success at over the past few years. Hit Bubba here, hit Dustin here. For whatever reason, Dustin was like 28-1 to to win this event last year. I know it was a super field, but that's just funny to think back of where Dustin Johnson was at that time. Uh, We'll go through all of the stats, the complete field, the course, and try to guess some odds. Hopefully, everyone out there is enjoying a fantastic Father's Day. Whether you're a father or not, doesn't matter. Just have yourself a good day, okay? Uh, Whether you're a man or a woman, a mother or a father, just have a great day. I am, so far, having a great Father's Day. Hopefully, we can get some sort of combination of Bryson Brooks, Brooks Bryson to win the U.S. Open. Then we're completely in the money when it comes down to it. But if it can't be that, I hope one of you guys out there, I saw a couple viewers at the very top of the leaderboard of the Millionaire Maker flopping out between first and fifth. Hopefully that can all come down for you. I know that one viewer in particular out there might win it all if Mackenzie Hughes wins. So I'm excited to see the conclusion of the U.S. Open. Obviously, I'm recording this before the leaders even come close to hitting the course. It's going to be another five hours away or something crazy like that. So at midnight my time tonight, I expect to see someone win a million bucks. It's not going to be me. Taylor Pendrith put an end to that. And so did I actually have one lineup that has Rory, Rory Wolf, 
Bryson, and Louie, and then two guys who missed the cut. I feel like that was the lineup. Just Wyndham Clark and Max Homa just couldn't get it done for me. I picked the wrong guys at the bottom of the U.S. Open. Right guys at the top, wrong guys at the bottom. Just one of those weeks. So hopefully someone out there put the perfect combination together. We'll get some wins out of this. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Get you 20% off. You didn't know. That's what I am using to do my walkthrough of this show. And let's get into it. Let's jump into the Travelers. This is actually a really cool event. Uh, one of my favorites of the year. It's Pete Dye course. It's been a while since we've been to a Pete Dye course. It's been like three weeks or something crazy like that because we had them like back to back to back to back to back. Just sort to see who's here in the field. One thing that I'll mention off the hop, and I fell victim to this a few years ago, two years ago when the U.S. Open was at Pebble Beach. I remember Shez Revy had such a good U.S. Open. It was like, well, he just got into contention, played really deep into Sunday at the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Now he's going to fly back across the country for the Travelers Championship. Like, no thanks. Uh, then he won. So I wouldn't really worry too much uh, about guys that had a very exhausting U.S. Open coming to the Northeast and playing. Uh, it's actually might be a bit of a benefit because we know that the greens at this course at TPC River Highlands are POA. It's Northeastern POA, obviously, versus California POA, but it didn't really seem to make that big of a difference. A lot of the guys that played well at Pebble Beach played really well at the Travelers Championship. So if we take a quick glance at the field, uh, you got Bryson coming back. The defending champion, Dustin Johnson, will be in the field. Can't lay where I believe he was an amateur at the time, posted like a 62 in this tournament like 10 years ago. Maybe he was like 18 or something like that. I just remember that from back in the day. Like, who the hell is this Patrick Cantlay guy? He's not bad. Patrick Reed, Tony Finau, Daniel Hauser-Berger, Cam Smith, Scheffler, all guys. I mean, not all guys, but some guys who are still in contention at the U.S. Open at the moment. I Obviously not Finau, obviously not Homa. Brooks Kepka is going to be playing. Neiman's going to be playing. Good course for Neiman, actually. I think when we dig into them, he'll pop up pretty highly. Paul Casey's had really nice runs at this event in the past. I assume Brian Harmon is playing, although I cannot find him. Streelman is definitely one to watch. When I brought up Shez Reevy in terms of guys that maybe you should consider or not consider for this tournament, Streelman was the first name that popped into my head because obviously he's having, at least through three rounds, another really good major championship. He's won at this course before. He's played excellently at Pete Dye courses in the past. So he's not someone that I just, even if his odds get increased, with the strength of this field, I doubt he'll be any worse than 45 to 1. I'd be hoping to catch like a 60 or something like that. But even if it is 45, I mean, I don't think Streelman is a terrible bet here. Sam Burns and Keegan Bradley, and I see Keegs back. This is this should be a key. He's a local guy. Keegs course. Matthew Wolf playing for the second consecutive week. Amazing to see him back. If Henley wins the U.S. Open, we're probably not going to see him next week. We got Henley, got Higo. Oh, the Gim Reapers back on the scene. Ortiz tried to make a run at the cut line on Friday. Didn't really work out. Kevin Na, Pat Perez, Lonto is weirdly not in the mix at the U.S. Open, but he's fighting for a top 10 uh, as soon as Sunday starts. So there's a lot of guys. Is Bubba not playing, I guess is my question. Yeah, no, Bubba is in the field. Bubba's won here a bunch of times in the past. So if we just kind of dig a little bit deeper into the tournament history and take a look at the players who have been good at TPC River Highlands, just sort by strokes gain total, you'll see that's Paul Casey. Paul Casey, Bryson, Steele, Streelman, and Reed would be your top five. Then you got Reevy in the mix there. Casey and Bryson have made every cut each of the past five years. I think they're the only ones to do that. Cantlay has made three in a row with three consecutive top 15 finishes. Streelman's made four in a row. You see Steele kind of lurk around. Last year, I don't know if it's... Although this field... 
I'd have to look at what the overall field rating is. Uh, obviously, 2020, you're not going to find a more competitive field. Oh, hell, and Mackenzie Hughes was third here last year. <laughs> Maybe he'll win the U.S. Open, then he'll show up. Uh, the Todd father was leading through 54 holes before he had just a supreme Ander curse on him, and then that was the end of him. He came in a tie for 11th when he couldn't get it out of that bunker. But last year, we had this was, the I believe, the third event back out of the COVID restart, so we were still seeing like the super fields at these events. So it's not going to be quite as strong as 2020. Uh, although even with an incredibly just deep field a year ago, you do notice that you still have your Streelmans, Will Gordons, Mackenzie Hughes, Kevin Na, like these types of players, despite the fact that like Rory and uh, many of the top players were still playing this week. So uh, it's just a tournament where it's, it's short Bombers tend to do well here, but you don't need to be a bomber at the same time. Like in 2018, yeah, Bubba uh, outran Casey, who was the 54-hole leader. But then you have like Sink and J.B. Holmes. Uh, Brian Harmon, someone who has played particularly well at this tournament at least two of the past three years. He was T6. He was T8. Uh, he lost to Bubba in 2015, too. Him, Casey, Watson, Casey, and Harmon. It came down to the three of them at the very end in 2015. Obviously, we're only looking back at the past five years. Who's bad at this tournament? Who's actually good? Kadira hasn't been good, although he has been good lately. Ditto with Luke Donald, or guys. Anyone of note? Harris English has been bad, although he didn't play this last year when he was good Harris English, so maybe that's something to look for. Maybe he's one of these players that you think that, like, oh, he has you know terrible course history, but like he was bad in 2017, 2018, 2019. He was good in 2020, just didn't play this event. Uh, where's Neiman at? I feel like Neiman has a fifth here. Yeah, and fifth and 63rd. Oh, Berger, a fifth, a second. That was the year he lost to Spieth in the playoff. Uh, T67, then a miscut for gone, for went, sorry, this tournament a year ago because he had won the opening event. And then I think he came fifth at Heritage. Then he decided, you know what? I got some bucks. No need to mess around with this anymore. Haggy's been bad. Michael Thompson's been bad. Gibbs somehow played this three years ago. Harry Airy Iggs, the Englishman, according to Tim, he's up there. Ian Poulter played it the one time. Matthew Wolf, T80, and a missed cut, so maybe not a great course for him. Although, on paper, you think that it would be a pretty course, pretty good course for him. Then a bunch of guys that have not played it in each of the past five years. All right, Stuart Sink has a T2 and a missed cut. Armour, a T6. He's made three in a row. I feel like he was good his last time out. Made a run at wherever the hell he was at. Palmetto, yeah, he finished eighth. 26th and 8th, maybe Travelers, Ryan Armour. Three in a row is pretty tough for that guy, but we'll, we'll see how he ends up doing. Reavy, like I mentioned, the former winner here. Reed, eh, two top 11s the past five years. So nothing really sticks out. What's Scotty Scheffler? Missed the cut last year in his only appearance. Shank has missed three in a row in every single appearance he had. Oh, Chase Seifert played it two years ago, T9, T43. He'll come in at like $6,100 on DraftKings. Maybe worth a look to him too. Kyle Stanley, four consecutive cuts made. All right, now, now we're talking here. This is more of a, you can be a shorter hitter as long as the ball striking is really good. Uh, hasn't chipped or butted all that well recently, but has made four consecutive cuts. Uh, obviously, the Memorial didn't turn out how we wanted when he was uber chalk, but even the T42 had him ending up in optimal, not optimal lineups, but winning GPP lineups on DraftKings because he was $6,100. Wouldn't expect him to be $6,100 again, although the form is still there in terms of the ball striking. Uh, let's jump over to the course stats and just see what types of player it actually takes 
to win at TPC River Highlands. We'll take a look at the past course conditions and the course breakdown. So the historical conditions, you see the Poa Greens, easy, pretty easy scoring. Pete Dye course, less than 7,200 yards, tends to be calm in terms of the win. You rarely see round three in 2017, windy as fuck. But other than that, pretty calm to moderate. Uh, the green speeds have been fast. Uh, even though it is POA uh, over the last little bit. But, you know, these aren't lightning fast greens like a lot of the players have seen this week. Although I, it might be an advantage. I want to go back and look at that once again. The tournament history, the year that Chez won. See if there was guys in the mix from Pebble Beach. I don't really remember what happened at Pebble Beach. Chez, uh, Neiman, Answer, Day. I think Day had a, actually a pretty nice run that year. Don't really remember about anyone else. This is probably not an informative type of search for me, as I don't remember who was good at Pebble Beach and who was not. That's when you have a membership at FantasyNational.com. That's something that you can dig into yourself. We'll just take a quick look here, quick scan. Go to the U.S. Open from 2019. I just remember Chez was good at that U.S. Open. Yeah, he was third at that U.S. Open. It was Woodland Brooks, Rom, Xander, Rochez, Scott Hovland. Oh yeah, Hovland was didn't withdraw that time around. Chesco. Francesco in the field this week? Because he's having another good U.S. Open. Molinari. Francesco is playing. Uh, for, formerly a very good Pete Dye player. Maybe he's recaptured something going through. Uh, just Maybe he just plays well at Torrey Pines because he played there, played well there earlier this year, too. And Jason Day was T21. Paul Casey was T21. So maybe there's something to having putted on pretty fast POA the week before that maybe that's something i don't know uh the green firmness has been down the past two years it had played firm throughout 2018 then it's kind of got back to soft and medium hitting fairways pretty easy compared to what you see in your regular run on the pga tour take a quick look at the scorecard to see if we can find any sort of hacks here in terms of DraftKings showdown not really with the 10th hole being the second hardest on the course and the closing three holes being three of the most difficult that it doesn't seem like there's an advantage one way or another to start on the back or start on the front so no hacks on that if we take a look at the yardage book and obviously this will update through the week if they have new pin positions or something like that but uh, I always just remember 400 to 450 yards when JB Holmes came third here a few years ago that was the main reason that I was on him was those were the holes where he really dominated uh, and it ended up coming to fruition he and Bubba had those like dueling really good Sundays to close it up but you can see we'll call 389 in that mix too like that that's close enough they can push the tee boxes that's the approximate range so 389 398 we'll throw that into the 400 bucket so you have one two three four five six and that one's 450 that one's 450 that one's 454 uh so there's on paper there's only four but you really have six and really it's more more like nine in terms of holes from that range you can see they, we have seven listed when the tee boxes move around but you could even push that to nine if you really wanted to so that's going to be one of the key ranges this week par four scoring from 400 to 450 yards i mean that includes a lot of the field obviously but Really good wedge players should play well at this course. You think you drive the ball 300 yards, you have 150 in, 125 in, depending on the role that you get. Uh, and you kind of see, I mean, this is taking par fives into consideration, but 150 to 175 is going to be where the plurality of approach shots come from. Then you just see a bunch. Like normally the way that this the distribution works on approach shots 
So it's like 150 to 175, 175 to 200, and 200 plus are usually the big three. But you can see this week, I mean, the 200 plus, that's still going to be part, that's just par fives, essentially. Uh, but you see it skewing more towards that 100 to 150 range. Then that's where your shorter hitters can come in. Your Reeves of the world are going to have a lot of their second shots from 150 to 175, where the bigger hitters, you can find big hitters good with wedges. They should very much be competing this week. The drivable par three, or par four, sorry, at this course is super fun. Uh, it's the one where you can take it over the trees if you want to. Uh, Leviota, I just remember last year, kept just hammering it onto the green or coming really close to hammering it on the green. That's really fun. It's hole number 15, uh, one of the swing holes at this event when we come down to it. And two of the approach shots from 200 plus, two of the par threes are 204 and 239. So that's where you're also skewing it a little bit more. The par threes of this course, you know, difficult for this course, uh, with three of the seven most difficult holes being par threes this week. Let's take a look at the top five finishers and see if that tells us anything different in terms of strokes gained. Yeah, more weighted towards ball striking. Obviously, approach around the green means something, but less than driving. And you got to make some putts here. When Streelman won this event, I think it was the transitions. No, was it this event? He's won. Now, I am I getting this in Valspar mixed up in my mind? I feel like he has two wins on tour. And one is at this course, one is at Valspar at Copperhead. Let's see here. Ah, Kevin Streelman. Yes, he won the Travelers in 2014. And that's when the Valspar was called the Tampa Bay Championship. And how'd he do it? He got insanely hot with the putter that year uh, towards the end. Yeah, but ball striker, hey, Tringali ended up coming third back in 2013. Luke Donald, Pat Perez, Sergio, Jordan Spieth was in the field that year. Cooch, funny how eight years make such a difference. Uh, Harris English, so he had a seventh that year. So when he was a good player, he finished well with this course. I just think there's something with English. Uh, we can dig into the U.S. Open stats a little bit, too, if you want to towards the end, if we're making good time here. It's time once again for me to tell you all about Magic Spoon. I've been drinking protein shakes, powder for years, but I finally found a delicious way to get my protein before and after workouts. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving. Magic Spoon is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Magic Spoon rules, and you can build your own box right now. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are coca, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. It's like I've been telling people for the past four months, just get the fruity Magic Spoon flavor. It is so good that you're really gonna want it. And plus, like, it's good for you. It helps me, like I said, the refueling before and after the gym, now that gyms are back open where I'm at, makes it top-notch. So what you do is go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code MAYO, that's M-A-Y-O, for you morons who can't spell, at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo, then use code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Let's be honest, you're not getting as good a sleep as you need to be. Whether your problem is falling asleep, staying asleep, or just not feeling rested once you wake up, that would be the Pat Mayo category, you're not alone. 
More than half of Americans report having trouble with getting enough sleep. At Brickhouse Nutrition, our team of on-staff physicians is on a mission to get heads on pillows and would like to introduce Dreams Sleep Aid. By taking science-backed ingredients like melatonin and combining them with natural ingredients from the earth like valerian root and jujube fruit, Dreams is the perfect blend for the perfect sleep. So... Go to BrickHouseSleep.com and get 15% off your first order at checkout with promo code MAYO. Again, promo code MAYO. It's time to sleep like a brick. BrickHouseSleep.com, promo code MAYO. But I do want to jump into the modeling to see what I have listed from this. See if this was a good one or a bad one. Go on down to the Travelers. Good at the top. Good enough for Pat. Let's see what this spit out for me last time. Strokes game, ball striking, 25%. Approach, 10%. Off the tee, 5%. Overall, tee to green, 10%. That's the way that I included around the green, is meshing it with those two, just to see if that skews it at all. Par 4 scoring overall, 10%. 400 to 450 yards, 10%. Par 5s, 10%. Birdies are better gained, 5%. Strokes game, putting, 5%. Eagles gained, 5%. Was there a big propensity for Eagles? Let's see what the Eagle rates on these holes were. Yeah, 2.8%, 1.5%. That's on the drivable. So there's like, you know, two that you can go for. The other ones, the other par five you can get to, I suppose, if you know you hit two immaculate shots. Probably don't need to be waiting Eagles gained all that much. Let's take that out. I'm going to take out Eagles gained, and I'm going to decrease birdies or better gained. I'm going to throw in opportunities gained. Just to see who has the most birdie chances. I'm going to weight that at 10%. I'm going to get rid of T to green and add in around the green to make sure that gets proper weighting in this. Maybe this will help the model be a little bit better this time around. And we'll call that 10%. There we go. See what that brings us. You know what? I'm going to go back down and go 5% on around the greens. Drop down par fours overall to 5% and boost up driving off the tee to 10% and boost up approach by another 5 See what that gives us. Over the past 50 rounds, it's probably going to be, I guess Morikawa's not playing. Charlie Hoffman is my guess, is number one. Charlie Hoffman or Keegan would be my guess once this loads itself up here. Over the past 50 rounds, Dustin Johnson, your defending champion. Charlie Hoffman, Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka. Abraham Answer, Neiman Berger Burns, Patrick Cantlay, and then it was Keegan Bradley. Number 10, Casey Streelman, Tringali, Grio, and Bryson DeChambeau. Scheffler is there as well. Scheffler's played what really well at Pete Dye courses, I feel like. He missed the cut at the players, but he was second in Austin. I don't know if he's ever played this course before. Or did it say he missed the cut in his only start here a year ago? Let's take a look, because obviously he's having his U.S. Open is kind of crazy when we take kind of a look at how he's doing U.S. Open-wise. This is from the usopen.com if you're looking for the strokes game. We should have them loaded in post-tournament, but just getting the feed from the USGA was, you know, we didn't want to do it illegally, so we weren't scraping the numbers for that for the in-tournament stats. It sucks, but uh, you know when you have contracts with the PGA Tour, uh, you don't want to go around your business partners back and try to scrape stats from other feeds. You got to wait for them to give it to you. That's one of the downsides of being owned by a bigger place now. Where is Scheffler? All right, so he's T6. They showing me round one only. This site is fucking trash, by the way. If, if in case you were wondering, so Scheffler, so. 
He's gained by far the most strokes putting of any player, but he was weighed down. I feel like in round three, the driving actually came back for him. Yeah, so it was only minus .04. So he was neutral with the field. The putter wasn't quite there, but the irons came back. The around the green came back because he was really living and dying the first two rounds because of the putter, and he's been driving it horribly. Now, round three was by far his best driving performance of the week, but uh, he was like minus two, minus one and a half, which is so atypical for Scotty Scheffler. We go and look and see this is a guy who's basically never loses strokes around the green. So uh, we'll see how he finishes up. If the putter goes cold for him Sunday at the U.S. Open, he might be in a nice buying spot for this event solely because obviously the putter is working right now by and large. And I would just expect his driving and his irons to come back to at least his baseline, if not even better than where they were at the U.S. Open at a tournament like this. I'm going to shrink down the sample size to past 24 rounds, see if that can generate us anything else. Uh, if you want to look baseline for some of the more particular stats, be it like 400 to 450-yard par 4 scoring, looking longer term on that isn't the worst idea because it gives you a better sense of how those players play that over time because putting is looped into that. So ranking over the past 24 rounds, Chuck Hoffman, Cantlay, Casey, Brooks, Keegan, Answer, Berger, Bryson, Stuart Sink, Stumanji, and then Scotty Scheffler, 10 in that Streelman, Grio, Vegas, Neiman, and Max Homa after that. Let's just go to that range, 400 to 450 yards to see if that can spit us out someone that we're not really... Oh, Vince Whaley! There he is. Maybe it's time to jump back on Vince Whaley now that everyone used him, except for me. It's one thing I got right. I had a really good Palmetto. One of the keys was fading Vince Whaley, chalk Vince Whaley at 7,800 bucks. Uh, and after using him for weeks in a row, just that price increase was not something I was looking forward to. But now we can see, like, baseline over the past 24 rounds, he's still been really good. He had two bad rounds at Palmetto. Maybe it's time for a rebound, or maybe just back to being trash again. I don't know. Tringali is up there. This could be a nice breakthrough spot for him. I mentioned Ryan Armour off the hop. He is top 10 in the field from par 4's 400 to 450 yards. Adam Long up there as well. Obviously, we know that he got his win at a Pete Dye course at PGA West when he broke through on the PGA Tour. Back-to-back uh, -back top 30 finishes. The approaches have been awful. He's putting the fucking lights out at the moment. How has he done? Missed the cut at Heritage. That was a die course. 22nd at the Players. That's a die course. 69th. Nice. Actually, not so nice because I used him that week in my single entry lineup at Amex, another Pete die course. So he's been kind of hit or miss. The irons have been brutal lately. He's been making it all up with the putter. At least we know that's you know, in place right now. If we can keep that rolling and bring back the off the tee and the approach, although there seems to be no life in those, although he's not losing 8.6 or 3.5 or anything like that at the moment. He's back to losing like 0.1 and 0.5. So, eh, maybe not Adam Long. Who knows? We'll see. Charlie Hoffman is 14th. Charlie Hoffman leads in he's tops in the rankings, tops in ball striking. He is tops in par 5 scoring, tops in birdies or better gain, and second in opportunities gained. Uh, he's having a pretty good, kind of lost track of what Hoffman was up to. Hoffman is having a bad, that's round three only I'm looking at. All rounds for Chuck Hoffman. Is he, is he really losing that much? Uh, he's having a bad approach week. That's strange. Good driving week, good putting week for Charlie Hoffman. But if we take a look at Hoffman's overall numbers, this would strike me as a really good Charlie Hoffman course. I don't know how he's played here over the years but for a guy who's been gaining all the strokes on approach and he's finally losing some at the u.s open 
again, he's another guy I would expect to rebound in that category. How has he played at the Travelers? Second, seventh, third. So those are good finishes. Missed the cut once since 2012, was 41st last year. Obviously, this is the best golf that he has been playing in years. Might be a spot to go back to Chuck. I, I wouldn't be afraid of taking a higher... A lower quality player versus some of the higher end guys at kind of shittier odds, like that 30 to 50 range where these guys should probably be like 60, 75 to one. And even that, their true odds should probably be like a hundred and something to one, but that's just not something that we encounter ever. I hit Russell Knox at this tournament too in the past. Knox, Bubba, Dustin. That's been a good one for me. So hopefully we can keep that going this year. Um, but someone like Charlie Hoffman, someone like Keegan Bradley, you're probably going to see them diminished on the sheet versus someone like Abraham Answer. However, I feel like Answer's irons were fucking fire at this tournament. They were. 6.1 strokes gained on approach at the U.S. Open. I feel like that's still one of the best in the field, despite the fact that he didn't make the cut because nothing else was working for him. Let's see here. Who was the best? Who? Yeah, Lonto, Spieth, Keimer, Henley, of guys who made the cut. So Lonto leads all players who have made the cut with 6.14 strokes gained on approach. Answer is a .01 behind that through two rounds. So who are some other guys who missed the cut who actually played really well on approach? Answer, Weisberger. I don't think Weisberger is playing. Let's see. Are we feeling the burn this week? No, we are not feeling the burn this week. Uh, Mario! I don't even know who that is. Mexican player named Mario Carmona. Sebastian Munoz, Billy Ho, Cam Smith. Cam Smith's around the... Oh, my God. Cam Smith lost six strokes around the green in two rounds. That seems atypical. Ryan Palmer couldn't putt. He lost almost seven strokes putting in two rounds. Is Palmer in the field? Because, again, this would strike me as another good Palmer course. No, he is not playing. Cam Smith is playing, however. I think he's relatively interesting here. It's funny how bad he was around the greens despite being 10th overall in that number when I needed him to make that up and down at Memorial for some big bucks to get my big six of six through. Uh, he also couldn't get it up and down. So thanks for nothing, pal. Will Z couldn't putt, couldn't chip, but the irons were there. Southgate couldn't putt, couldn't chip. Uh, you're just going to see that a lot. Uh, Homa couldn't putt, couldn't chip. He might be in a nice buying spot for this week. No putting and chipping from Carlos Ortiz, but the approach was still pretty good. Higo, uh, he drove it well. The irons were fine. Couldn't putt, couldn't chip. So, and he is in the field this time around. So there are some guys who are kind of hidden values. If you extract some of the ball striking information that we have from the U.S. Open, and maybe that is non-applicable, uh, solely because you know the course is so much more difficult. It's almost a thousand yards longer than we're thinking about. But I think that some of those guys might be flying a bit under the radar because when you see what the result at a very public event, someone like Answer, we finally might get a break on in terms of their number. And I'm not too concerned about guys who are missing the cut from the U.S. Open coming in, or even guys that didn't play in the U.S. Open coming in. As long as they were playing well beforehand, I got no qualms with that. Uh, should we try to guess the odds for the week? That's always one of my favorite parts of the show. Let's see here. I'll call that 23-27 U.S. Open stats for the time codes, and then 26-29. Guess the odds. So we have DJ, and some of this, like if Bryson wins the U.S. Open or Brooks wins the U.S. Open, uh, I would expect them to be probably pretty much near the top of everything. I'm actually going to go back to the regular strokes gain mode. 
just because this should make everything much easier on me to finding it. I'll sort by last 100 rounds to see who the best overall players are, and that gives us a better sense of everything. So I just want to get be able to get the very top-end names down of who I think is going to be inside the top 10. So Burger, Reed, Finau, Iron Chef, Cantlay. Who else do we got here? Yeah, it might push. Oh, see, Woo is playing. Pete Dykhorst plays Siwoo Kim. Answer. I don't know if Answer is going to be considered on the level of these guys. Casey will be. I don't think that Adam Scott will be. I don't think that Jason Day will be after missing the U.S. Open, skipping the U.S. Open. Justin Rose is playing as well. He will not be up there in terms of the odds, in terms of like the very, very, very high end. I don't know how they're going to factor in Bubba, who's won at this course three times, I believe. If they factor him in as a favor, they just kind of hang the the relative, like somewhere between 35 to 50 when it opens, then everyone will bet him, and then he'll be 30 to 1 by the end of the week. That's usually what happens with him. So I'll keep him out of the mix right now. So Bryson, Berger, Reed, Finau, Cantley, DJ, Scheffler, Answer, Brooks, Neiman, probably not Neiman, even. We might catch like a 40 on Neiman, maybe a 50 if we're lucky. Maybe that's the range to go look in this week. Uh, and then Bubba down on that list. So DJ, Bryson, Brooks, Cantley is where I would go at the top in terms of who I think think are going to be up there dj being the defending champion still being the number one player in the world unless bryson or brooks wins i'm guessing that he is going to be the favorite i'm going to say he opens at 11 to 1 bryson 12 to 1 brooks 14 to 1 can't lay 16 to 1 that would be my first lean of where these odds are going to go and hopefully i'm not missing one of the big names up here if i am i apologize for that then we'll catch a burger at a 20 Read at 22. Wonder if Finau finally missing the cut will push him down. I doubt it. We'll call Finau and Scheffler 25 to 1 apiece. Call Casey 22 to 1 and answer 28 to 1. So DJ, Bryson, Brooks, Cantley are the four guys I have listed below 20 to 1. And I guess if like Henley wins, maybe he moves up to like 25 or something like that. Berger at 20, followed by Reed and Casey at 22. Finau and Scheffler at 25. And then we have the Mexican, Allen Iverson, Abraham Answer at 28. Hopefully we can catch a 40 on him. It depends on which book opens what, but I'll be taking a look at DraftKingsSportsBook.com to see what happens with that. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get yourself 20% off. Let me do a quick search on this to see when the British Open is. British Open date. 2021. I'm really looking forward to the British Open. Uh, July 18th, which leaves us... Yeah, if you get a monthly membership at fantasynational.com right now slash mayo for that 20% off uh, it will take you through the British Open so now is a good time to get that monthly membership because uh, you'll be wanting to play the last major of the year I'm sure maybe you're big on the Olympics or something like that I don't know but that's you know the not necessarily the unofficial end of like true golf season I find at least is because you still have the FedEx Cup you're gonna have the Olympics you'll have the Wyndham Championship and all that stuff this year but like true high-end golf at least in my mind ends at the British Open because I think there's still is Southwind in there? I think Southwind is two weeks after that, but I don't know how it works out with an Olympic schedule this year. Anyway, it's the last huge event of the year is the British Open before we get to the Ryder Cup. So fantasynational.com slash Mayo, smash the like, sub to Mayo Media Network, and the newsletter, which you can find in the description. In the comment section, you give me your early lean for the Travelers Championship in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League link is in the description right now. Let's fill that shit up, all right? 
Thank you all for watching. Like I said, best of luck at the U.S. Open. If you're watching this before the conclusion of this year's third major, I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.